Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 106 for uh, November 22nd, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters, hang tight, this is a big list, Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Chad Grossclaws from Mancrafting, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Rory May the Dirty Smith, Ryan Ridgely from Barn Rat Studio, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, oh crap, Marcin Shichpinski, and our newest uh, patron at this level, LiquidRC.com. You should do the thing. Oh, sorry. There we go. That's that's the warm welcome all new patrons get at this level. Quick reminder to everybody, because I don't always say this, but it's important to note that as low as $1 per episode gets you the pre-show. So that's, oh, let's that's talk the about high the, the three of us whoa, whoa, are just whoa, coming whoa, down whoa, from. Whoa, whoa, hey, we got a pre-show? That's yeah. the high the two of us are just coming down that's from. That's right. You can enjoy the pre-show with Phil and I. That's right. Weekly. It is some quality, you know, Well, audio. it's basically just us talking about finding a replacement for Bill. But that's other right. than that... <laughs> So it's like it's it's like a it's like the application show the the it's interview like the show. Podcast. It's like the podcast. It's the it's like the podcast only even less structured. <laughs> That's actually a true statement. Hey, we have a, some structure to this podcast. There's a beginning and an end. Right. That's right. Actually, there's a lot of middle. Yeah, there's some middle. There's a lot of middle. That's actually, the beginning well, and the end of it worked a, out pretty actually, good. It's the middle. Think about this, though. It's <laughs> The middle is the nugget of topicness, but it's a lot of stuff in the front. It's some trying to catch up on the end because we talked about the middle too long. I'm not going to let then, you get away with saying the nugget of topicness. Yeah. We said you're not allowed to use the word nugget anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so does several appellate courts. So That's right. Who are recently slightly more conservative now. So, mm. Well. <laughs> Topical. I, Speaking of conservatism, I'm oh, I'm good. holding back for you. Looked okay. like you were holding front. A lot of it. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Is it my hair? Is it bothering you? You mean your wig? <laughs> it keeps it out of my face. Look. Yeah, no, I see what you're doing there. Uh so our uh our basically our human form of a Saint Bernard is now holding back his hair. Inside of his headphones, so as the headphones sort of get looser and looser, the hair comes more and more forward, and it just looks like like a bad wig you'd see at some kind of a dress-up party. See, get, kind of get 90s, a couple more minutes, and then like it'll a 90s come. Grunge villain from like a yeah, movie. That's right. What would a grunge villain be, Courtney Love? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I have, I have a lot of love. That's and you keep that to yourself. Man, what are we working on? Yeah. What are what's let's move on to the, you know, podcasting that we do. Mm. What are we working on? Let's um let's keep the bill train rolling here. Bill, we're what are you working on? We're in on? the middle section now. Hang on. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is not the middle. This is the barely the be- we haven't even started yet. Oh good. I am um I put out a video and I actually got I think it's the first time ever that Tim Sway gave me honest praise. It was it was, it oh, was, I was I was really drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put out a video about how to make a. Uh, I'm I'm you know playing with these cigar boxes and the guitars and, and making a scarf joint for the neck. And I was like, I need to make a jig to do this because I've made a couple of scarf joints by like on the bandsaw or a handsaw, and it's just it's kind of a pain in the butt. So I made a jig to put on the table saw. It was a great little video, just a quick thing. Um, a lot of positive feedback. So. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I saw that. I wanted to tell you something about that. Okay. Because I've seen, like, it's sort of a tenoning jig, ultimately, right? Except that you put your blade on an angle? Yeah. So kinda. what you could add to it to make it awesome is at least one, but two toggle clamps. So that right. you right. put your material in and then clamp it right in on its own and no, right. no clamps. I actually necessary. said that at the end of the video that I was going to be adding clamps to it. But what I meant by that was I would just be using my regular – because I'm not doing this every day. If I was yeah. repeating it constantly, I would add toggle clamps because it's a factory handy. build. Yeah, but – Right, but, yeah. just a but I can just clamp. use – well, not even spring clamps, just two of my little uh, squish clamps, my yep. my 
yellow tool squish clamps will work just fine for that. But what's funny about that is I want to give a shout out to, to Chris Q first and foremost uh, and uh, makers international because he gave me a shout out. So that was very nice of you, Chris. We love you. Um, but he's also been doing these uh, um, make a kid's toy videos. He's done like, I don't know, 35 of them now, whatever, one one every 10 minutes he puts out. And those are amazing for Christmas time. No, he's, I think he's done six now. But anyway, uh, before that, he made, and I had watched it, but I never commented in it, in it. Anyway, he made a how to make a raised panel jig. Basically, it's That's the same jig. Yeah. 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 And, but it's wider, right? To put a, so it's funny because I watched that and I'm like, you know, at first I was, I, my comment was, you know, at first I was going to say, hey, you copied my uh, scarf joint jig, but then I realized you made this three months ago. So, <laughs> <never mind. Yeah. laughs> but I want to give Chris and Makers International a shout. Check those guys out. Uh, thank you so much. They're what is just, Makers International, Bill? It is, oh, Makers International is a, a podcast starring Chris Cute, um, Alan Robinson, Joe, there's five of them, so I'm going to get lost here in a second. Joe, Joe Whitaker, Whitaker. Yeah. Um, uh, Morley, Richard Morley, and there's one more. Hold on. It's that that other English guy, um, uh, Flaming Pages. You, no, it used to be in what? Led Zeppelin. Oh, Jamie Page. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here's here's what's – okay, so this last episode they had – check this out. This I love this. I know. I Where am I going with this? God um, only knows. <laughs> he doesn't even know. No, uh, no, I don't because I just got, I just got to thinking about this. So they had as their guest was uh, Make It Soap, right? And she she is just starting a channel. I mean, maybe seven or eight hundred subscribers by now. Um, but here we had, and Alan wasn't there, so it was basically it was Chris and all these people from the same continent who have different accents. I mean, just like the U.S., right? I mean, you got like uh, East Coast and West, but it's like trying to listen to Jamie Page. Uh, Richard Morley, Joe Whitaker, and Make It Soap all talk and get their dialects in. And then you have Chris Cute, who I've noticed now, he's actually joining in on the British thing because he uses the word brilliant more often than I bet he notices. Is he saying aluminum? <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> but anyway, it was fun. Go check out uh, Make It Soap too. And I also, real quick, um, I, I made this this jig but here's one of the most amazing things that's happened to me dan harju who i consider a master craftsman yeah he the guy is just phenomenal he's yeah. on an, another level right he's he's up there he actually reached out to me and asked me for my opinion about something and and i can't explain to you how much that made my day it's like really you're asking me oh my god well so sometimes was, it's just as important to know what not to do as you I, know, yeah. I, I'm going to take it in any form I can get it. When a guy like that with with his skill sets reaches out and says, hey, Bill, what do you think about blah, 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 blah? It's like I write that down. There's a star in the calendar. I think I'm going to go get a tattoo. And then uh, last but not least, I'd like to say hey to Ryan Ridgely, uh, one of our big time supporters. Ryan, uh, he's tired of waiting. He's got like 85 <laughs> pallets to take apart because he's building some pallet walls, right? And he's all, dude, what do you think? I have a I have a cordless, but I'm tired of waiting for the batteries. I don't want to drop a couple hundred bucks on the yellow or the red tool. What do you think about running to Harbor Freight just to grab a reciprocating saw, a corded one, so I can run through these pallets? And I'm like, ah, that's fine. Just get the warranty with it because those are the, you know, probably an extra 10 bucks, so 60 bucks. But if it does blow up, you can take it back and get another one 100 times. But I also said, if you're not actually trying to get the extra three or four inches out of that, why don't you use a circular saw, cut the edges of the pallet, and then pry it from the middle or even use the the reciprocating saw just from the middle. The amount of time you're going to save for that. And it's like he was so thankful for that suggestion. He's like, you know, I didn't think about that. I really don't need the extra three or four inches. Because sometimes I want the end of the pallets for the aesthetic, for the holes. You know, so I'll pry them apart very carefully to get that whole slat. But other times, just cut those suckers off, man. Well, half know? the time they're all split already, anyways. Yeah, it, it, yeah it depends. So, but either way, so I, got, I was gonna say another technique that I like if you do want the whole slat is to get yourself um, like a ceramic or granite hole saw, and you can get them in like three quarter inch, and they don't have the pilot hole in the middle. So it'll be, or you can even get a small like half inch. So you basically drill a hole around the nail mm. and then you just fill it with dowel afterwards. Ooh, that's, that's actually yeah. brilliant. I, I use a, a pry bar, kind of like the uh, the Izzy 
pry bar, but it's not his. It was one that I bought before I knew Izzy. Yeah. Uh, I think on my, my, my second video, I, uh, I think I tore apart a pallet and I, I gave a shout out to Izzy's, uh, the Izzy bar pro, but also Paul Mayette turned me on to a way of taking pallets apart. That's pretty ingenious. If you haven't watched his video on taking a pallet apart, he puts a block underneath the pallet that put like a wooden block that pushes up on the upper pallet. So you bang down on the runner because it's got a block right there. It actually pops it up without splitting the wood. It's, it takes, it takes a while, but if you want those slats, it'll, it works really well. Check out, uh, Paul. So I think I gave a, a, the only other shout out I want to give, and this is more feedback. So what I was excited about was Ryan and Dan reaching out to me, you know, through the podcast, especially, but, um, somebody else reached out to us and that would be Taylor. And she wanted to just mention the merits of actually sharing pictures of food. And she is a chef. And I, I, I knew that Phil would love this. Um, if I mentioned her, but she also recommended a book, which is right up our alley. And it's by Sherry Brooks. It's called eat it up. And it's like upcycling scraps of food. So you take the stems of broccoli, the onion peels, I'm going to check it out. But Taylor reached out to just say, Hey, sometimes there is merit to posting food pictures. And she gave us some examples of why. And it's just, you know, it's making in its own way. And I, I just thought I'd give her a shout and just say that Taylor, Tim and I appreciate you more than you know. And, oh, and Phil too. Yeah. Let me make a quick comment about that. Okay? <laughs> One, if you are the chef or the person who prepared the food, take all the pics and post them you want. If you're some goober at a table next to me at the restaurant. Peanut. You know what I mean? What peanut? What? What does that even mean? That's well, what but, a goober. Peanuts but, are called but, goobers. Did you know that? Taylor's point was is that I the, said it last week. Yeah, we, yeah. It inspires her, but I, you know, like it's not. And like, it's uh, educational to her. It's you know what I mean. It's like uh, I mean, we get sure. you get people tag you in pictures like your friends that aren't in this circle. Every time they see something that was made out of something else, they go, "Oh, I bet Phil would love this." So they tag you. Nope. In, right? Oh, okay, nope. Well, that's just me. Okay. But, well, I, I'm, you don't get people sending you pictures of stuff made out of pallets and stuff. Like your wife's My friends. cousin one time told me where a stack of pallets were. I was like, yeah, thanks, Sherry. I got all the pallets I need. I'm just saying it's 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 Thanksgiving. There's going to be mountains of, of photo opportunities to tag Phil Pinsky with uh, for Thanksgiving meals, different cranberry sauces, different pies. I was going to do so, a stop motion with my tofurkey this year. You can find out how to reach Phil through the podcast. <laughs> all of his social media is out there. Tag him in every single picture. Let's convert him to food pick etiquette. It's a Phil at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, I believe. Yeah. No, it's actually council at timsway.net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. My lawyer can forward them to you. That's right. <laughs> he can he can bill me his three hundred an hour. Yeah, no, I, I I do agree that I personally have no interest in looking at food pictures, but I do respect the people's right and choice to take their food pictures and share hey, them. Hey, it's twenty seventeen, yeah, you're right. Right. No, uh, I respect the people food, who make photo, the food, food and then picture it. <laughs> Okay, but let me let me honestly say though, I I was on the boat of of the Grinch who stole the food picks hearts like you two, but where I'm at now because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to um I'm trying to convert to a much more healthier lifestyle. I actually enjoy it. Ragtie is one that's good who who posts pictures of these amazing, delicious looking meals, and and I know that he's turning veggie or or pesco like me. And um, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to know that there's amazing food out there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. that's healthy for you. And I also, real quick before you go, Tim, I ate an Impossible Burger, and I am blown away. I know you don't care because you don't care about the taste of meat. I'm yeah, newly to the vegetarian thing. This is a this is a plant based burger that's scientifically made because they enhance the iron and something else in this. To it smells, looks, and tastes like hamburger. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. If you get a chance, go check out a restaurant that has the Impossible Burger. They are trying to feed the world without killing animals to do it. And they're trying to come up with a a food that's sustainable. So check out their website, Impossible Burger. Um, I'm hoping they move on to Impossible Pork, Impossible Bacon, Impossible Chicken. But anyway, I'm done. Go ahead. What are you doing, Phil? 
no, I, I wanted to mention oh, real quick yeah, because too. since we're on this food topic, <laughs> no, but I wanted to just give I wanted to give Phil an analogy. Like, so Phil, you make a whiskey box and you take a picture of it and you share it with the world and you say, "Hey, look at this whiskey box I made. I'm proud of this." And that's okay, right? I actually stopped doing it, but yes. But in the past, you have done that. I have done that. Yes. Now suppose you mail this to the the recipient, the customer, they give it as a gift to someone and then they see this thing and they love it and they grab their crappy flash photography camera and they take a picture of the share because it means so much to them. At a restaurant? No. While it, at a restaurant, blinding the yeah, person behind but, but my them. My point is is that some people have that connection to, they're, they're called foodies and some people have that connection. So you're saying like, oh, only the chef can take a picture of their work? But what about the person that's receiving that work and appreciating it that much? They're allowed to appreciate that. I'm just sorry that they're in your feed and unfortunately they're in my feed too, but... But it's They're like also it's, in my face at the restaurant. Just just eat your food. It's just weird. I don't know. It's just weird. Also, I want to start in a spreadsheet. I want to start keeping track of the minutes where Bill talks and the minutes where Tim and I talk. And I want to graph that out. I want you to say because I think we just finished minute 14 of the Bill hour here. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot on your bench, my man. Actually, there is. You want a picture? Nope. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm about to send you a picture. <laughs> Tim, what's on your bench? Oh my god, I don't even remember. Um, so much, so much stuff. Uh, what what have I been working on? Uh, well, I, I just made <laughs> I just made a table. I put a video out this week. Um, it was like a glass top table that I made with um, yes, one of those ship beams from the Ernestina, and uh, the wood is like. There's all these like spikes in it and stuff, and I love this. This is beautiful African mahogany of some sort, and um, I got it from my buddy Levi. And uh, but it's like you can't really get boards out of it because there's not a straight line anywhere. There's spikes everywhere. It's really difficult to get boards. So I had this idea to just take one piece and just polish it all up, just like scars and all. And then I was like, well, how would you know what would I do with it? So I thought I'd build a display case for it in essence. So I built like a steel frame to hold it in a glass coffee tabletop, uh, and I did this. I got a um a, a I used the SCT, which is a like kind of a sanding tool designed for auto body work made by Eastwood. I used that and it was like they, they sort of supported the video and uh, I was really proud of that. Now, if anybody wants to buy a coffee table like this, it is available for sale because I don't know what the hell to do with it. But um, it's been, a, it was the first piece of furniture I made for a while just because I wanted to. Mm, it was a lot of really fun. cool. Yeah. And then, um, Bill, uh, you, you want to talk some more, Bill? Go ahead. I, I do. I want to say uh, amazing piece. I, I, I'd like to suggest if you wanted to call it something, the sway cradle, the way you cradled that piece of wood. And then also I'd like to mention how you were saying that one of the things you can do is ship that without the glass because you had envisioned a glass top right. for it to save some money uh, so, for whoever bought it. Someone had mentioned that in the comments. They're like, oh, you just happen to have a piece of glass that fitted on your loft. The way I sort of framed the, vid- the video, I made it look like, oh, hey, look, here's a piece of glass. But actually, I had bought that glass, and it was expensive several years ago for a table that I had made. And I had it up listed for sale on, on Etsy or whatever, and someone was interested in it, and they lived in, like, Kentucky or somewhere. And and uh, and I just – I was like, well, why don't you – there's glass – there's a glass place in every town. Like, why do I have to ship this and worry about it breaking? I was like, I'll mm-hmm. knock the 200 bucks off or whatever I paid for this piece of glass. I'll knock that off the price. Just get your own glass. You can you don't have to go as thick or as nice as the piece I have. You can get something thinner if you want. And, yeah. And uh, so so now I've, I've actually – this is like the fourth table I've made with that piece of glass for sale. <laughs> just keep pulling it out. And so, like, I designed the table because I knew that the glass is two foot by three foot. I knew that. And so I was like, oh. Uh-huh. And so I, I went through the pieces of wood that I had and I found the one that was three feet long. I was like, perfect. <laughs> you, you know what I like best about the table that you did with this beam, instead of uh, trying to hide the things that some people might think are ugly or weird or different, you accentuated them and you polished them and it made the piece way more interesting because of that. Well, that's, yeah, that was the sort of the mission. And, and there's a little bit of discussion and some, some comments. Um, we're not calling it the swaddle. We're not, yeah, we're not calling it that. Um, but it's cradling calling, that beautiful piece of wood. It's, we're calling it's awesome. it the upcycle. Yes. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> <said> callback. <laughs> you know what's great about that, Phil, is how many people now are calling it the upcycle? A lot. A, a lot. lot. <laughs> and Tim's like, damn it, no, it's an uptricycle. <laughs> so it's I'll tell you, funny. I have this, this unique talent for naming things because back in high school, there was this guy who worked part-time at Best Buy. So I just started calling him Best Buy. I don't even remember his real name. So I, I'd see this guy in school. I'd play hockey with him. Hey, Best Buy, what's up, man? 
And, uh, like, I'm talking, like, 15, 20 years later, the guy hasn't worked at Best Buy, like, in a decade and a half. And people still call him Best Buy just because that was the name I gave him. But so. so your knack for giving people names or taking other people's names and other people's words and applying it to them. I'm always trying to create new names like the Swadle, <laughs> whatever the hell Bill's talking about. <laughs> but that, that's the, the point of like upcycle is not your word. That Someone else came up with that word. You just, yes, I'm assigning it to it. But that's, that's, that's not a talent. That's like a... Like a, like hey, 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 hey. Now, people still – I get people that don't remember my name and they just look and say, beautiful, what's up? No, it's, like, it's the same thing. It's the exact no, same like, thing. Like if That's Bill worked happened, at Best Buy and we called him Best Bill, that would be pretty – that would be like, oh, now he's got his own name. But Best Buy is someone else's name that you just applied to that guy. No, but someone had to find this word and assign it. Listen, painters, they just take <laughs> existing paint and they put it on an existing canvas. You, you know, it's the combination. Hey, you know what? That's actually really interesting. I just watched this documentary about uh, Shepard Ferry, and he's the guy that made the, you know, the Obama poster? This is Hope. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also did the, uh, I don't know if it reached you in Canada, but he did the, um, the back in the 90s, it was the, uh, uh, what's the wrestler's name? Um, the big wrestler. Oh, Campbell Soup. Um, nope. Uh, <laughs> the wrestler? What? The uh, Andre the Giant. Um, the oh, Andre, oh, yeah. Andre the Giant stickers, remember those? Yeah. Back in the 90s, I don't know. I mean, but, yeah, so... I, I met Hulk Hogan at the mall one time. So, oh yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he he's uh, you know an artist, and, and he did that Obama Hope poster, and he did it basically. Like, he didn't really make he made money off of it, but not a lot of money because he gave it away for free and stuff. But he ended up getting sued by the um, Associated Press because he used their photo that he altered, and so it became this big issue about altering art. You know, like when is mm-hmm. it? When are you creating your own art, and when are you stealing someone else's art? And, and this and the other thing. That's kind of like. What we're talking hey man, about here. He's a great artist because he stole it. Right. That's what great artists do. <laughs> no, but, you know, I mean, it, it is a, it is a, you know, and you can see, you can very easily see both sides of the coin of that. Like, you know, if, if you. Take- well, there's a difference between art and rights, right? There's a difference. You know, when you're, you're talking in the age of, of property, right? Yeah. The Associated Press owns the rights to that image. Whatever he did to it afterwards, he had, I'm literally in this business, right? So we're in the art business. Mm. We buy stock photography. We alter it. We change it. We See, turn that's it the into thing. He didn't, buy the, he didn't buy the photo. He right. downloaded so it So it, it's internet. not a question of art. It's yeah. this, at this case, it's a question of litigious right. rights. So, so technically, he violated, like, he, he took a photo that was worth $300, and he turned it into this, basically, this thing that helped get a guy elected, you know? Yeah. Um, so and, and what so do he, you stand on that? What he should have done is paid the $300 for the photo, but he didn't, and that's the... Right. I, but I, if he if he tried to resell the photo, that's that's one thing. But just no. using the shape he of altered, something, he altered it. It wasn't. Their it's like if anymore. you stole a, like a stack of wood from somebody, turned it into something else, and say, "Yeah, but I didn't use the wood." But he as didn't it was. steal anything physical. You're talking intellectual property, right? Yeah, he didn't steal anything physical. Well, I'm just learning now. I'm just learning value. now that it, it's okay in music to like steal and borrow riffs from somebody else and add it to a completely new song it's well up until a point right there's a certain amount of seconds you're allowed to use for free that's part of the law no it's no it's not seconds i'm talking about people are people can write an entire song around one small part of another piece of music and that's okay musicians have been doing that for years i mean because i mean that's legal Right. So what is the difference by taking an image and changing it completely? So the other than the outline of, I mean, it's just not the same exact image. I mean, if you were a photographer, I think you would have the perspective of perspective, right? Everything they did to, for the composition, they lighting, had to be there. The lighting, the lighting they took it. that picture yeah. and they had to, this guy who altered it, this graphic designer who altered it, had to have something to work with. And this just, conversation is exactly why I spent like a couple years in court or whatever, because it is yeah. that grave an area. Like it's mm-hmm. that difficult to decide. You know, what is, is what, what was like, the outcome? What is the outcome? They ended up settling out of court. He paid uh, some undisclosed amount to the AP, but his lawyer said in the documentary, at least his lawyer said years later with the years, he's like, it's, he said, if it went to trial, he said Shepard would have won. But the, um, it didn't, it didn't become really a precedent now. So there's no, it's still a gray area no, that, for somebody exactly. else. Exactly. It's still a big, big yeah, gray it's area. Not a, it's not a precedent because they said, oh, that yeah. sucks. So now it's, so there's no decision. So now it just has no. to wait till it happens again. So what I was going to do was find a picture of Shepard Ferry <laughs> and I already started <laughs> doing this and recreate. Just make sure you own the rights to it. Well, no, I was going to like, that's what I was like trying to find a picture, like a selfie. I'm, I'm sure he's already done it, you know, because, but I was like, but to just find a picture of Shepard Ferry and just like, you know, do the same thing, but instead of saying hope, say like artist or victim or something, you know, something underneath it and, 
you know, and uh, or like and then, freedom. And then uh, yeah, freedom. And then like cut it out in wood, do like a three D carving, and, like mail it to. Do the accent. Do the accent, Phil. Freedom. No, come on! Like you mean it. Well, let me just think of the you line gotta, for a you second. Yell it. They may take our lives, yeah. but they'll never take our freedom. There we go. Yeah. All right. Okay, so great 20- freaking movie. Historically ridiculously inaccurate, but great movie. Almost yeah. as good as Titanic. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I never bothered to watch that. I was too busy watching Hudson Hawk. Yeah, yeah, over and over and over again. That's right. Uh, and right. lost Boy Scout. We're a half hour in. How about you, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We're super structured. Uh, what have I been working on? I'm still trying to get uh, Milescraft to let me release this video, but they're still internally pitching it and yada yada yada. So maybe this week. But the video's done. It's like it's on YouTube. It's ready to go. The plans are done. They've been submitted. So I'd really love to have everybody crap all over it. So uh, you know, I really enjoy putting that out there. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah. I got uh, in the mail today. I got my Porter Cable Restore sent to me care of the inventor of the restore. So I can't wait to use that. Awesome. And, you know what uh, I love most about that? Not, not that I haven't gotten mine yet. Um, but the actual his Instagram name is inventor of the restorer. Yeah, that's, I said that. <laughs> that's great. I was just, just messaging with him. It's hysterical. Like, like who is this guy? Oh, he's the inventor of the restore. You know, so, so right there on Instagram. It's right, it's right there. That's his name. Um, but I have some really cool ideas for it. I know that like he sent it to us and he wanted our or sent it to me. He wanted my feedback on. It. I'm sure you're getting one as well. You wanted your feedback on it as well. Just like just a shout out on the pat podcast was all he was looking for. But I think I'm going to do a video on it because I've got a couple of really interesting. Um, ideas for it. I've been playing a lot with um, my bandsaw and resawing some of the wood that Tim gave me like a year ago and using <laughs> it as veneer on a whole other substrate to make some really cool nice. stuff. So, you know, I think that would really, because I was reading, I just read the packaging of this restore. One of the wheels that it comes with lets you raise the grain on wood because it's like this nylon wheel. So, oh, it's yeah. it's brushed, so it lets you raise the grain. So I thought that would be really cool with some of the wood that you sent me. I've I've so got an idea with that to um, use it like a drum center. We talked last week about how John yeah. Heis took his uh, yeah. His, uh, so you got to uh, mount it. If, if do somehow to do that because I want to resaw parts as well, and, and then, but and then take can t- and then use it. that restore to see if I can't get a nice clean edge on that enough yeah. to where I don't have to be a glued surface. But it, I think that will work nicely as a uh, mini drum center. Hmm. It should. I'd be worried about getting like an even surface on it. Like if the surface you, is you exposed, I'm not. If, fence? You can do a fence and you're going to mount it. No, you're going to hand it. I'm going to hand it as a, as a, like a drum sander. But I think if you do it carefully, and again, that surface is not going to be, it's not going to be matched up. It's not going to be a glued mm. surface. It's just going to be an, an exposed surface. Okay. But I think it'll get it down as opposed to an orbital sander. I just want to play with it. I'm ready. Right. So yeah. Hopefully, mine comes in the mail soon. Well, yeah, yeah no. Inventor I, of the restorer. I respectfully declined uh, receiving one because I had just gotten the SCT, which is a similar type of tool, and and I we went back and forth about it a little bit too, which I think will be fun. Is that once you guys used your restorers, is that we can have a discussion comparing them, and then maybe even like Phil, because you're close enough, it'd be fun if we got together sometime. And uh, I would, I mean, I would love for you to come down to my shop sometime, anyways. But if you do, bring the restorer. Well, uh, yeah. you're not going to get upset. I, I mean, your channel is blown up. You're growing quickly and i i'm in love with your art and i have been since the first youtube video i saw but what but about Tim's gonna... channel <laughs> what I, but what i'm trying to say is is that since we've been on the podcast you're slipping and if phil and i come up with way better ideas than you you're not going to cry like a little girl right or i, I mean a kid i there's nothing i would love more than for for everybody to have better ideas than me because then that forces me to try and you know what I mean? That's that's the whole yeah. game. That's why we should totally try, I try and push the buttons and you won't let me. No. Oh, Speaking no. of pushing buttons, let's just back up about, you know, 45 seconds there. Casey, what are we thinking right now about Bill and his usage of little girls? Like, why are little girls, like, not I as said, tough I as I corrected girl? myself and I said, like, yeah. a child. Like, a child. Yeah, but your first instinct... It's because I'm old. I'll tell you... No, you definitely are old, but I'll tell you... Uh, <laughs> Between my daughter and my son, my son is four and a half, my daughter is two and a half. She scares the hell out of me, and she yeah, is yeah. 
She is something else, because yeah. we will watch movies, and she is sitting there, no problem. My son is literally hiding in my armpit, so you can't go based on gender, Bill. That that was... I, I walked was into that, not you cool, caught man. me, you saw my eyebrows raised, I saw I you right that. down... I, I saw yeah, you fist I, pumping. What? I, <laughs> <laughs> and you both met my wife, so you know I'm in trouble. Yep. Yeah, well, sheesh. Making Anyways. sure of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week's topic, if we have time, <laughs> the legend of Tarzan. Yes, the legend. Of, no, this this one more once. One what more does that once. mean, Tim? One more once is a Count Basie saying. From, it was from an April in Paris recording, and he would say like they would kind of play play the chorus over and over again, say one more time, and uh, and then he said one more once. At one point in time, so it became this jazz thing. But anyways, uh, one of one of my patrons, uh, Chancy, or Chanky, <laughs> Chanky, as Bill calls him. Sorry, Chancy, <laughs> you can take it up with Bill. Uh, <laughs> um, he sent us a list of ideas for some show topics, and they're all very good. And this is the one we picked for this week. Um, he had written a little bit more, but we decided to call it one more once. And his idea was, and this is exactly what he wrote. And um, he wrote one thing I love about Jimmy Deresta. As like a wrong podcast, but is yeah. how he his projects um, often have just a few more finishing touches added after what I would have called it quote done, and um, so I got us thinking about well, what are some of the things that we can do to kind of give it that that little extra? Are there things that we're already doing to give a project that little extra, or are there things that we should be doing or could be doing? So we wanted to talk about like that, just that sort of extra oomph, that one more once to just cap off our our projects to make them special and go. One of you. I know I can definitely go because you know we're we're makers, we're woodworkers. Like we we see everything about our project, right? But when you when you sell that project or you give it away or whatever that object is, you know they don't see everything we see. Like not even close. Like I can't tell. Like a lot of the times when I do grooves or dados in my boxes, uh, you know I don't I I make them through d- dados or through grooves. So you see the the holes, right? You see the groove on the outside edge of the box because they're just butt joints, right? So they just go right to the end. Sometimes if I'm running super slow on this, I just mail it out that way. At no point has anyone ever said anything to me about that. And I know they don't even see that. But when I'm not running slow, I will plug that. I'll, you know, cut a little strip and I'll plug and I'll glue it. And uh, And that's not even like like the finishing touch. That's almost like just to get it to 100%. But that's just a small example of of touches that I know that nobody ever sees, but that we see or we think is is what needs to take the project to the next level or even to the first level, I guess. Hmm. Is there any examples of like that kind of stuff, that stuff that you think is like imperative to do before the project is finished? But ultimately, if you really think about it, nobody ever sees. Well, I, there is. There's a, there's a lot of little things like that you can do. Um not you can do. I want you specifically, Bill. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's things that I know that I can cover up screw holes. I mean, one of the things I love about, and it's not, I, I don't know what to call what our style is. Upcycling is, I like that term the most. Uh, some people say rustic. I don't think that's quite accurate. But one of the reasons an upcycled style, so to speak, is is so much easier is it allows us to be a little lazier with our measurements, with the fit and finish, because you give it that beat up kind of, it used to be this, but now it's that look. So screw holes are still there. Nail heads are sticking out. Um, you actually want the holes of the pallet board. We were just talking about this, the mm-hmm. slat. Sometimes I want to accentuate the actual nail holes. I want, I want, when I stain it, I take the time to get that nail hole to be a little bit darker than the rest of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So <clears throat> there's that. So can you, uh, when, when you use a, uh, a dowel to cover up, you were talking about using a dowel to cover up a hole, you know, that's that little bit of an extra step, but there's also, what that about was the, in the pre-show? Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, in general, just when you, when you drill a hole, you screw something together. If you plug it with a, you know, a plug or a dowel, that's yeah. that, that extra step. But what about the customer service aspect of it? What about going the extra mile, so to speak, uh, to take care of your customer? Because that counts too. Maybe not on the actual project, but what if you, uh, you know, you do a rush without charging them and hand deliver it? That's going above and beyond. You know, if, if you, that little extra touch that, the, the customer maybe not even realizing it. You know they need it by this date. Normally we charge more. If you drive it to them, it'll get there 
by the end of the day. Whatever, I'm just saying some kind of stuff. Justin, when he made that giant Duresta ice pick, that in itself was amazing, right? But he didn't ship it to Jimmy as just like that. He built this incredible wooden box to go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that extra. I would. I actually made Jimmy a giant ice pick, and I did not make an incredible box to send him. So I was a little upset that Justin did. We'll talk about it, uh, that later because he's going to be on the show. But uh, he's not going to anyway. be on the show. He's not going to be on the show. Yeah. Well, he's going to be on the. Uh, we're going we're we're to talk to him later. We're going to talk to him. We're having a conversation with him. But I mean, and that's so. That's another way of doing it. It's taking that that next step, that next level. The project's done. How do you get it from point A to point B? What can you do extra? You know, Phil, you talked about this where you made a step stool, you explained exactly what it was, or a whiskey box, and then they called and said, ah, blah, blah, blah. And you just said, you know what? I'll send you another one. Don't worry about it. My bad. I will take care of yeah. you. Because that is worth, there's value to that, that, that you, you know what I mean? So. I know what you're saying. <clears throat> and I'll say this very quickly because I know Tim's itching over there. But um, his face is turning red. Look. Yeah. I'm fine. Etsy, kind of like eBay, like keeps the vendors honest because of the rating system. Yeah, I totally get your. I know what you're saying from like sort of like a humanist, you know, altruistic kind of perspective. But Etsy kind of forces your hand in that way because if you ever get a bad review, your store is screwed. So I just do anything I possibly can to make these people happy. But ultimately, at the end of the day, there is. It's very rare that you're going to have a repeat customer. I've had one repeat customer. I've sold like, I don't know, several dozen whiskey boxes. So. I'll do my best. I will charge extra for Rush because, man, that means I got to do a whiskey box instead of in two weeks. I've got to do it in two nights. There's a cost to that. I'm going to lose sleep, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I need that. Um, you know, and and uh, I don't know where else I was going with that. Tim, you say stuff now. Uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, things, objects, things. But <laughs> the stuff's uh, good. Yeah the the uh, there. My name is more important than the Etsy ratings, though, like just in general, like around the world. So I, I agree with you what you say, but you say what? But uh, no, but I'm serious. Like that's like I'm serious too. <laughs> even I'm serious if too. even if I have a customer that's not on Etsy and there's a problem, I'm still going to make it right, even though I'm not no, forced course, by some Etsy. No, of course, I'm system. saying because my, I'm yeah. saying the reason why is different. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it's it's definitely designed that way. But uh, to Bill's point. Uh, I always like to, for bigger jobs, I always like to, to give something extra, like whether it's like one of my little refrigerator magnets and it's like self-promotion. But, you know, I used to, uh, um, sometimes I would, I would fill up a mason jar with, uh, shavings from the project mm-hmm. and just like, yeah. like a little decorative thing and, you know, things like that to, to kind of go that extra mile. Um, and then the other thing. What do you thing, think they do with that jar? I probably just throw it away and drink moonshine out of it. I don't know. But <laughs> the, the one lady either. seemed pretty excited about. It. I think she put it on the mantle. Um, yeah. The uh, th- which is why I stopped doing that because I don't think people appreciate it. As much <laughs> I as just me. wanted to get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the 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 thing I I always get into is um, I'm into story, you know, and I'm into um, the connections, you know, between the the items and stuff. So I will I will make sacrifices in design and and I will make changes to things to keep the story because I like it when you look at a piece and someone's like, Oh, that's really cool. You're like, Oh yeah. You know what? This is from that. And like, Oh yeah. And yeah. And this is from that thing that was right next to it here. You know, like what? And you know, until where you, it's like, Oh, and then this is from that. Like uh, an example that might be my, some of my thematic chess sets that I've done in the past, like the musician's chess set where all the pieces are made from different instruments. And you start saying what each instrument was. And some of them are identifiable and some of them aren't. And it's the ones that aren't when you can add that story. They're like, Oh, well all these things are, you know, they're all related and connected. That's what I personally get into for trying to go the extra mile. Um, but what I should get into is, is upping doing one more grid of sandpaper, one higher grid of sandpaper and, and like two more coats of finish. Like, like I, like I don't care how many coats of finish you do. You can do two more. You know what I mean? And you're going to get a better result and to, and to stand between every layer and all that stuff. That's for me is what my personal, because we do, we can, like Bill was saying in the, in the reclaimed quote, rustic world, we can get lazy with that stuff and, 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 and scratch out the character, but I don't ever want that character to be my sloppy work. And I'm trying to get better at that. Well, and, and now, now I'm going to defend that statement because I think, um, part of what we do as reclaimers actually gives us more opportunity to go a step above, like you were saying, by having a story, the, the table you just yeah. built, you actually, you could have just like 
sanded it perfectly smooth, but you didn't. You actually left it rough. You you dug out where some of those metal spikes were. You know what I mean? There's things that you can do as a reclaimer that you can't do as a traditional woodworker or metal worker to go that extra mile and really make a statement with the, the, the piece that you're working on. Yeah, it's, it's funny how, like, we were talking about, like, nail heads and stuff. Like, I love seeing nail heads in my work that are, like, if I can leave the nail head in there without destroying a planer blade, you know, I, I will leave the nail in instead of the hole because I think that looks, like, wicked cool. But, right. God, if you ever saw a screw that I put in, I would be mortified. Like, I don't want anybody to ever see any of the nails or screws I put in. Yeah. Only the ones that are already there, you know. Right. You want artifacts. You right. don't want sloppiness right not uh yeah not not decking screws sticking through the top of the table yeah exactly (laughs) you know unless it was already there for 50 years then it then it's awesome (laughs) decking screw from 50 years ago that'd be something to see yeah well they're they're flathead is it a spax (laughs) they're brass yeah (laughs) they're brass they don't rust uh yeah no i i think that finishing is like we could talk all we want about like you know, fit and finish and tiny little touches. But Tim's absolutely right. Like back to basics. If you want to take it, like I'll sometimes end at like 120. I don't care, you know, and then start putting finish on that because ultimately you're eventually the finish is what you're going to be sanding anyway. But of course I could be going up to 320. Of course I could be putting on three coats of polyacrylic instead of one and a half. You know I mean? It's, you know, that's the basic stuff that takes it from, finished to finished it's you know it's all perspective too because i mean um uh chanky referenced jimmy right (laughs) and one of the things that jimmy doesn't do is do a lot of finish i mean he you know he's even said so when you know i I just throw a couple coats of of you know clear on it and i'm I'm done that's not a couple coats look at him mr fancy (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that's not it's perspective that's not what he does to go that extra mile that's not what he does to make that piece special that's not you know i mean when he when he built the bench for outside of a coffee shop where the arms of the bench were actually hands that could hold your cup of coffee that's what jimmy does as opposed to yeah. just making a bench you know what i mean right. there's so it is perspective you may not yeah. like that that screws are showing other people might accentuate that people may not want to see spikes from the ernestina's piece of wood some people do. I mean, it's a lot of it's perspective. You might yeah. you might go the extra mile with sanding it down. Maybe you go the extra mile with your customer service. Maybe you go the extra mile with with staying up later to finish something. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. When that's, what's and, your extra mile? Right. And that's the topic though. Is like what's you know what are what's yours? So what's it, your? Well, actually, we want to hear about you. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. That's a good question. I think for our audience, what's your extra mile? No, I'm asking you, Bill. What's your extra mile? My extra mile is I show up every Monday. Without fail, unless I'm having kidney surgery, to be here with you guys. What a cop out answer! What What do you do with your projects? What you know, it like let's give them what, some like real answers here. All right, all right, what what? Give me a specific. Give me a specific uh, a question. Here, here's an extra mile. You made two thing desks I just like uh, earlier this year. What right? You know what was the finish? What was the extra? And these were gifts for your wife, right? So what the, were the extra the, that you put the, into it? The extra that I put into it was the fact that she didn't like. We had a '50s modern-ish already small desk that we had bought. It wasn't made for today's computers. It's like a little tiny itty bitty. It's a writing desk. Well, I don't even know if you can call it a writing desk. It's tiny. And she wanted a flat surface writing desk. She wanted a an actual desk where the computer would sit on. Uh, so the extra mile I did on it was I color schemed it to the rest of the furniture that's in the office because she redecorated her office for school. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did it in the style that she wanted, not necessarily something I would do for my office, but it's the style that she wanted. So, I mean, it's just making decisions, doing what, what somebody wants. But How did you color match? By using the same uh, paint that I use on the other furniture that I built for. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were matching to that original desk in a trial and error. No, no, no. That like desk stained. was something we had bought when we first moved into the house. And, and since then, the office, the room that we use for an office, has gone through a couple of different iterations. When she decided to go back to school, yeah. um, she really wanted to get serious about having an actual office that's comfortable for her to do studying and and not just paying the bills. This is where she actually, she's taking accounting. She's taking kinesiology. Um, you know, these two things that she spends a lot of time doing a lot of homework. So she wanted a comfortable space to do that. So that was the sure. extra mile. Uh, at her salon recently, I built into the side of each styling station. Each styling station is, uh, is a double sided. So you can have a client sitting on either side. Mm-hmm. There is a, 
uh, an outlet, three plugs with two USB chargers. Uh, a, I don't know where I found it at, but I found six of them. They don't make them anymore. And two of them have since shorted out. So I had to go this weekend. It's an extra mile thing I did. I wanted to match all of them. So I went hunting everywhere I could find. I found this little cube thing that has plugs on it with USB chargers. And I was able to take off the old ones, get rid of them, rewire it, put it back on there to give them a, a little bit of a different look, but the same functionality that they had. Mm-hmm. So there's That's an cool. extra mile. Yeah. Love it. Tim, what's your extra mile? But you talked about the story, right? But let's talk about like phys- physicality. What are some of those signature Tim Sway things that you do to a piece to get it to the next level? Uh, geez, I mean, I, I think that I, I I try to make as much of it reclaimed as possible. So it might be, you know, instead of just or like uh, accessible. I don't know. So instead of like just getting like the just buying the part, I like to try to make the part, you know, as much as possible. Or like, you know, so you're making something that has a hinge on it. And I, and I could just run to the store and spend a buck fifty on a little pack of hinges to, to put on it. Or I could spend 10 minutes pulling hinges off some piece of junk and polishing them up. And, you know, so I like to do that. So just like I can say like, well, even the hinges are reclaimed because that's, again, that's part of that story for me really is. Really right. So I can say like, oh yeah, and even this used to be that, and even that part used to be this, and I didn't even go to the hardware store for that. I bent these nails out and banged them back in, you know, with from the the pallet, you know, and that's one of those nails I'll let show when <laughs> it's an old nail, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I guess that's probably, you know, what I I mean. I just try to do as much reclaimed as possible. Sometimes when I'm busy, I just can't too though. Sometimes I just have to buy the hinges, you know what I mean. But uh, if you have a yeah. lot of projects going on, but um. You know, I just I like it to be as much reclaimed as possible to just really emphasize that message that that there, these things are here. You know, that is, that is you. That's uh, you want to talk about renaming or Phil, you're the expert. We should call him Mr. Upcycle because I, I think uh, of anybody I know, you walk to walk, you talk to talk as much as possible in all aspects. Well, you know, and, as, and uh, I, thank you. But I, I do feel like uh, I feel like the more I do, the less I do that because you start getting like, you know, uh you get oh, to the, so much you can do well yeah, yeah you just get to that point it's like oh god i've already done that like 30 times like maybe i just yeah but, the but, but you're reaching time. way 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 more people than you were so there's that balance there's that trade-off the message yeah. is getting out farther and it well and, and making and making more like if you're just making like one thing this week and then you can just you can sit and spend the extra hour on you know on, on like i mean like i remember like i did that library a couple of years ago i did this whole library and right down to every even every pull on the drawers I made out of a piece of rusty steel and I, and now, I mean, I don't think I would do that again because that was like a half a day to make all these pulls that I could have bought for 20 bucks. Something that looked just like it. And it's really mm-hmm. tough well, because I don't want to buy something for 20 bucks. It looks just like I, I want to, but the job has to pay for the time. I was going to say, that. if the job you know, pays enough, you'd be more than happy to though. Right. Right. Oh, exactly. But it's, you know, but then there's also, it's, it's tough to get the job to pay for that because that's like, you know, I mean, you think if, if standard rate 50 bucks an hour and it takes you four hours that's 200 dollars to make six handles right you know what i mean it's like you can't no charge pay that, that you know it's the time money trade-off right the time money uh, quality thing the, the pyramid you know right yeah but uh well, you, it, you didn't yeah. but that that the offer can be there though yeah, oh yeah well that's and that's what i do a lot like i just actually just wrote to a customer tonight that i have that sort of square coffee table i made like a hundred of well, it's probably only ten, but it feels like a hundred. <laughs> um, the monolith, yeah, the monolith. And I saw another guy. He's a you know California person. I, I was trying to give you Bill years ago. I was trying to give you one in California. Do you remember that? And you're like, oh, actually, I, don't I really. think you were trying to give me a pinball machine. No, well, maybe that too. But because when I have California customers, I'm like, well, why should I mm. make it and have to charge a guy an extra five hundred bucks for shipping if I know someone there that can make it? I, I believe in that. You know, I could make it, but if, if word got out, you have people a job. start seeing my work compared to yours. You know, it's well, no, there's just the fact that you, you wouldn't you have probably, a job. Yeah, I'd be at that. Oh, snap! Twist ending. Wow, twist ending. Yeah, and all of a sudden the Bill Lutz crates just start showing up in Connecticut. You know, no, <laughs> it's not like that though, because the world's big enough for all of us. That's I and, no, I, and I believe that if and this is another soapbox for another podcast, but we got to realize who our enemy is and who we're who we're, we're you know we're we're competing with is not each other. We have to compete together against them like the 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 giant businesses because if we all compete with each other and them we're all gonna lose like we have to work together actually i think the first people that we need to compete with and and to confront is ourselves i mean seriously well that's that's a yeah that's something we're always gonna be doing but that's that's him do you have a teeny tiny violin you could play over there (laughs) 
<laughs> what about why is it got to be a violin? Why can't it be a little tiny trumpet? Because that doesn't look like a trumpet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's you know, I mean, that is. Uh, I I feel like um like rarely has it happened, but in this time it does. That I feel like we could talk about this for another hour. But, oh yeah, uh, but someone uh, decided to squander the first twenty minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Who are you talking to? The shout out king over there? No, I'm not talking to anybody. No. Okay, I'm just saying it just happened. It just happened. Hey, you want to, you want to continue to talk about Chinky's topic? Go for it. We'll part two next week. What, what are you guilt tripping right now? Like, I mean, you could do it. You don't have to ask my. You could do whatever you want. We can, you don't need. You know, you know, Phil. He's absolutely right. You're you a and free I, woman, Phil, Bill. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> we can talk about it whatever we want. Bill. That's true. <laughs> See, hey, what, I got I got a weird one for you, and I know this is going to be a bit of a red herring, but I have a question. So these these drawer pulls that took you half a day hmm. for six of them. You ever get into a, a situation where you don't actually know how long it's going to take to make something like that? Oh, every you commit day. to it, and then you realize, <laughs> holy crap, this is going to take me two days, yeah. and I'm only making 75 bucks on this project, but I promise it, so I have to do it anyway? Yeah, and that's, I mean, but that's that's how you learn. That's how you learn. Yeah, let's say the, the trick is you only get into that situation once. Right. Yeah, but it's different every time. You get into it a different if it's way different. every once. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, the, the aspect of making that style of drawer pull, right, you can do that a hundred different ways, and you're going to have an idea how long it's going to take you now based on the those that you did. You well, right. you learn the you learn the medium. Like I at the time, I mean, and they really didn't take that long. But it was like you know, I wanted to all be as perfect as possible and look like they were factory made, not look different. It wasn't like a forged thing, and you know, so and I just really. I was just, it was, but the job was paying for it. It was, it was okay. You know, mm-hmm. it all worked out well, but, um, you learned like that was, I didn't have as much experience working with metal then as I do now. Now I understand better about, well, what, how I can bend it, what I can do. And, and, uh, you know, and so then it's just like those learning, that's how you, you get to the point where you have a better idea. Like if you, if you make a whiskey box, you know how long it takes you to make a whiskey box. And then someone says, Hey, can you make one that's four times the size? You know how now you have a really good like launch pad for, to figure out how much is going to take time wise and material wise to make one four times the size yeah then you got i did do that and they didn't pay me it can't be completely different <laughs> his he was a jerk but it was for my boss what are you gonna do it, it can be completely different though Not, making something bigger might be you get a good idea but making a whole bunch of something can can screw you up too though because even mm-hmm. though you yeah. know how long it takes you to make one make a bunch of them i think uh your card holders tim when you were like Man, if I do, if I be, I can bend this, I can bend one of them. Take me a few minutes, but if I got to bend, yeah, thirty six you know, of them, uh, thirty six yeah. of them, yeah. right? So you went over to Gagne's, didn't you? Yep, yep. Yeah, there's there's the stalker. <laughs> that was that was a prime example. There was one of the ones that I I totally would have lost on if I didn't know. Well, God, we can't get through one podcast without mentioning Elm City Dave. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm um, pretty sure we could, but yeah, <laughs> we we should be able to at this point. Thank you. Think, but, um, yeah. But yeah, so that, you know, he had the right machine, you know, and, and you, you try to make yeah. things handmade and, you know, you have tools. And I mean, I can, like we always talk about, I can make everything that I make with a skill saw and a cordless draw. I absolutely could, but I could never make a buck doing it. You know, it's like I need the jointer to make a dollar while I'm doing all that. I need the table saw. And that that was one of those cases I got knee deep in that thing. I was like, oh, and I'm just never going to finish this. This is going to go through, like, I'm going to spend more money on grinding discs than, than I'm going to make on this unless I go to a guy with a shear and, you know, and cut these. Right. So. Okay, what are we watching? Let's keep the let's keep the bill train rolling. What are you what are you uh, what are you watching over there? So one last shout out, but oh. it's gonna but it's gonna segue Don't into lie. what I'm it's watching. Not your last shout out. <clears throat> it kind of is, unless something else comes up. Um, yeah. Charlie Bell, Bell's Custom Woodwork, messaged me the other day. Said just and again, this feedback that we get from people is so amazing in the community. But anyway, she she tells me, dude, you got to check out Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. It's Ozzy Osbourne and his kid have a show on A E, and they drive around and because Ozzy's a history buff, and she's all specifically episode ten, season one is called "The Devil Made Me Do It." They went down to Memphis. They went to uh, Sun Studios where Elvis and Johnny Cash recorded their first hits or first anything, I think. Um, But also it's where John Lee Hooker 
uh, supposedly wrote the song Crossroads at the crossroads where people, the, the legend is that he sold his soul to the devil in order to, because they say when he, when he went down there, apparently he could play guitar okay, but all of a sudden, the next time people heard from him, he's really great at playing the blues guitar. But you know, there's um, a lot more to that story than you think, but go on. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, but I mean, there's a lot that, of folklore. That, there's two guys with the same name. It's actually like six guys with the same. It's a whole thing, but go on. Well, anyway, they went and talked to like uh, a guy that makes um, harmonicas that whose uncle knew John Lee Hooker or something like that. Then they also went to this other guy. Here's the part where I think Charlie pointed it out to me as there's another gentleman there who. Uh, Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, chicken, something. It reminded me of you, Tim, because of chickens. But <laughs> it was it was like the Chicken Man or something. Anyway, Ozzy and his kid are laughing about why they call him the Chicken Man if he's a blues guy. Blah 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 blah. And anyway, it's because he used to work at a chicken farm. But anyway, he makes all these homemade cigar box guitars, diddly bows. Um, and he's all like, I quit being a blues guy and started making these because people wanted to buy them from me. So I think that's why she actually wanted me to see that. So here you got Ozzy Osbourne being Ozzy with his kid visiting all these places that are his, have historical significance. But this particular episode, again, is because uh, they visited this guy who knew John Lee Hooker, uh, but also makes uh, diddly bow cigar box guitars. So. Well, it was it was Robert Johnson who supposedly went down to the crossroads and sold his soul to the devil. Um, and there was he was a blues guy, but there was like there's not a lot of good records of African Americans at the time. And uh, and there's a couple guys have the same name Robert Johnson, like John Smith of a name. And so there's like there's a little bit of mystery around that. There's people that have like dedicated like their careers and written books about it to oh, figure yeah, out who that, the real that, Robert Johnson is. That particular song. That particular song has been covered by everybody. everybody. Well, it, everybody. But, but it was it was nobody even it wasn't even like a big deal until Cream did it until um. Until oh yeah, Eric Clapton. Clapton and, yeah. and then that was yeah. they they were because they were like really students. They're like kind of nerds of like early American you know blues and stuff. And and they 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 brought it into that modern world. And that was like really when the song took interest. Nobody even cared about the song up until until they until Cream did it. But anyway, that's what I'm watching. So check out on Amy, uh, Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. It's actually, it's, it's pretty entertaining. I can say that. Cool. Awesome. Um, Tim, what are you watching? Well, I'll, I'll mention, I'm going to mention a TV thing real quick, but I have a channel too, because just since we're talking TV, um, I watched the other night with my wife, we watched on Netflix, Jim and Andy. And uh, it is, What's that? it's the story of. Uh, Jim Carrey in the '90s played Andy Kaufman. Oh, Andy Kaufman, yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. Uh, and and he had a, he decided that he was going to be Andy Kaufman like the whole time he wasn't going to be Jim, and so yeah. he wouldn't you know, like for the whole time they filmed he was and the, he had a film crew follow him around in that whole period and that all that footage was squashed for like 20 years because the 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 production company was worried about him making him look like a jerk and this and that but so now 20 years later he he's got permission to share this film of this behind the scenes stuff. And he's talking about it as an older, wiser man. And he's Jim Carrey is just freaking awesome. I don't know if you've ever, he's just like a super intelligent and uh very Canadian high yeah. thinking Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's, that's why. Yeah. And, <laughs> but so to, to hear, I wish like it this, were more like that. Yeah. I know. There are very few of us. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and, and and he's humble too, like you, Phil. Humble, yeah. humble, humble man. I uh, am the humblest guy I'm the you've best ever at met. Being the most humble. humble. I'm the best at being humble. Uh, I hate it when I'm cynical, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. but it was it was really entertaining and interesting, uh, really enjoyable. But the the YouTube channel I wanted to plug was this guy Cammy Cammy's Garage, and he has like less than a hundred subscribers. So you, you need to go check this out, but. He's been doing all these videos about he's been messing around with the on the lathe and he's spinning, you know, what on the lathe to make it round. But then he's like doing like segmented things with it and like cutting it and gluing it back together. And there's sort of just these experiments. He's just like making these shapes. He's kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas type shapes and these weird like like. Globes. Think really of Kyle Toth's Taurus uh, gone crazy. Well, yeah, but it's it's like not he's he hasn't he's not doing like Kyle Toth where he's like you know making a bazillion segments and cutting and making these he's just sort of experimenting with the shapes of like well if right. I cut the circle and I cut these angles and I glue it back together just like hot glue kind of stuff and and really but just it's it's interesting just watching this guy he's pretty good on the lathe he knows what he's doing and just watching him like go outside his comfort zone and uh, mm-hmm. and taking you know 
like, cause I, I, I don't know too much about the lathe, but generally speaking on the lathe, it's like, oh, you, you take something square and you make it round. And then he's taking something round and he's giving it all these other dimensions too, which is kind of fun to see. I thought it was really interesting. Hmm. Cool. How about you, Phil? Um, so since we're doing the TV and then YouTube thing, I guess, uh, for, on TV, I am watching Star Trek Discovery. Oh, are you? I, yeah. Well, I watched all of Orville last week and then, and then I started watching Discovery this week. Holy crap, is that awesome. Everybody should be watching it. And I'll I'll send you the thing, Tim, so you can watch it too. <laughs> and then uh, on YouTube, yeah. No, no, no. No, because according that to Bill, it, it's, well, no, because it's art. So you should be able that's, to that's share That's not art. at all what I said. Rule free is that's what you That's not said. at all what I said. I'm gonna mine, was more of a, mine was more of a query than it was a statement. Yeah, you're a query, all right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the dawning of the age, age of Abelius. Um, so, what am I watching? Let me get back. Oh, yeah, I'm watching this little known guy. You probably have never heard of him. Um, his name is Paul Sellers, Mm-mm. and uh, he's he started his How to Make a Workbench episode one. And he's done a workbench series before, but this is a new one based on a, a slightly smaller table and more about like a, a glue lamb kind of system. Anyway, I mean, I already have a workbench, but I always love these things. And I'm really interested in Paul's take on the long form video. We're all sort of in this YouTube world and either we're making or we're watching. So we're all in that same world. And everyone's like, oh, if it's more than six minutes, I don't got I don't got time for that, you know, so... I find it very interesting when he's making 37-minute long videos and getting like 51,000 views on them, you know, three days later. So I, I'm curious to see where YouTube goes with the long form. And, I, and you know, sometimes I do have the patience for those kinds of videos, especially when it's, you know, it's Paul Sellers, who's such a great presenter. I have a, a video I'm putting out. I'm putting out a video on Friday because this week, because it's uh, my traditional, what I used to call Boycott Black Friday, but now I'm calling it. Support Plaid Friday. Plaid Friday. Uh, yeah. And then I was going to put out a video on Monday that I was going to try something a little new with um, and sort of doing like a little talky talk about almost like you know what we talk about the podcast about making a living doing this type of stuff. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing and sort of testing the water with it. So the thing about doing this like long form like how to make it as a maker, like how to make a living as a maker, like and sort of just saying like what I do and like how I manage to – keep my business afloat full time. And, and there seems like, to be a lot of that sort of theme right now. Yeah. Just listening to Friday's making it. And oh yeah. Sort of that's, that's Bob's ebook that he's putting out is basically how he made that jump and yes. what he did yeah. to make this as a, as a living. Yeah. No, so I, I, I'd yeah. love to get your perspective on it also. Yeah. Cause he, well, he's making a living as a content creator, you know? Yeah. And I was, I, I remember cause I heard that cause he gave, they, they gave us a very nice shout out and thank you guys. Um, I didn't get there yet in the episode. I'm still listening. Yeah. Was, oh, okay. Was pretty, yeah, Tim, was, Tim got an amazing episode. shout out on but, that. But um, yeah, I was I was thinking about that, and I was like, I was like, oh, geez, I'm like, I guess I'm not the only one thinking this. And then I was like, oh, well, I, I'm actually in a totally different line of work than than him. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm mean, like, I'm well, not, I'm tangential. I wouldn't call it totally different. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's similar. I mean, we both have tables. Aspects of yeah. yeah. Oh come yeah. on, everybody's made a wheel. Yeah, yeah. Except me, I don't think I made a wheel yet. I made round He's, things. You're still looking for the 13th wheel. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, right. I just changed it from the 13th <laughs> note to the 13th wheel. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see what people think of that. I'll be, you know, I'm inviting that sort of dialogue. And because uh, I'm always inviting dialogue, I guess. You should do it like that, or you should think about making it an interactive session and then inviting a QA. Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking about doing that, but not doing it necessarily in real time and live. I'm not, I don't, I don't have Wi-Fi at my shop, so I can't really do like live stuff there. And when you have to, why does it have to be at the shop? Cause I don't want to do it at my house. Like, I don't know. It's just, when I'm home, I'm home. I'm not, you know, I mean, I do this except broadcasting. For Mondays. Where are you right now? Except for Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you get, that you're the only two that get, get my home time. You we, know? Get you. Is, we get thanks, you. Man. Yeah. We get you. You complete you. me. Yeah. <laughs> You had me at, and welcome. Okay. <laughs> Dogs and bees Reclaim can smell fear. Audio. All right. Oh, God, I we... should go back to doing it like that. You're right. You made me feel bad about it, but I t- I'm going to do it anyway now. You know what's the second time I've done that to somebody? The, the Bob Claggett was on our show as a guest one time, and I pointed out that he says thing a lot, and he doesn't say thing that much anymore. Yeah, well, I miss, you I know miss what? Bob's things. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Let's just go just gonna graze right past that one. You and your. Anyways, where the hell was I? Oh yeah, uh, the sign off. Let me look for that. Oh yeah. So our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Uh, check out my most recent video. Look out for it this week. Hopefully, it'll be released. It'll be the planer cart. I'm super excited about that one. WilliamLutz.com. Thank you to uh, Justin Sparks, who we'll speaking to uh, shortly, and uh, TimSway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne for that. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that great stuff. We love, love, love hearing from you guys. Info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at ReclaimedAudio um, or on any of our personal you know, social media. There's no reason why it has to be segregated to those specific avenues, but when we first started doing this two years ago, it just made sense. But you guys know how to reach us. So, um, And on iTunes, leave us those reviews. We love getting them. They're super important, getting uh, people to listen to the podcast. And that's, I mean, <laughs> I think that's what we're trying to do here, right? Uh, Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to help us out. And at the entry price point level of a dollar, you get access to the pre-show. And that is where the real gold lies. So let's do that. A dollar's worth of gold can buy you a lifetime of happiness. And, you know, we might be facetious when we say this, but you're never going to know unless you try. Right. Oh, and don't forget, holidays are coming up. Uh, all food picks to Phil Pinsky. Tag him every social that you can. Guys, you should really appreciate the episodes that Bill is on. Because there's only going to be a few left, you guys. New Year's is coming. Resolutions. Yeah, yeah that's right. Resolutions and... New endings and new beginnings. Yeah. It's a wonderful time of year. You know what I just figured out real quick? Uh, I thought all this time you were so smart that you just read off all that stuff because you just practice it and you know it. And then you said, hold on, let me pull it up. I just realized that you're actually – you must have it on your computer somewhere, the stuff you say at the end of every show. Duh. Yeah. What am I <laughs> what? Of course. I've got show notes. You've seen them. I've never seen the show notes. Tim, you've seen the show notes? You've seen the show notes because we did that one live episode together. Yeah. 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 Why? Why would he memorize that when he could just yeah. have a notepad open? I don't. You know. have a notepad I, right next to you on paper. I do. I have, wrote down last mile for next you've week. You got your your tablet too. and chisel right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Written in goat's uh, blood with a feather pen or whatever you that's right. use it. I don't know. I don't. Know. I, <laughs> hey, I don't do goats. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. No not more goat's since, blood for me. Not since that hearing. Anyways, have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Be good. <laughs>